This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to this conversation. It was quite a, a headline slash byline uh, in the Vancouver Sun yesterday. Uh, the headline, murder plot against reporter Kim Bolin revealed at UN gang trial. The byline was Kim Bolin. Uh, so there she is, veteran crime reporter, sitting covering this murder trial involving this notorious Vancouver gang, the UN gang, in uh, listening to details about a plot to kill her. As she writes, it was almost 4 p.m. on May 4th when Crown Prosecutor Helen James asked C, this witness, about those discussions. Quote, at some point during your career with the UN gang, you discussed the possibility of killing a journalist. Is that correct? That's correct, he says. He said this senior member of the UN gang, who's now a fugitive, had got the address of the journalist through a property uh, check. So who's the journalist? The Crown prosecutor asked. The witness replies, Kim Bolin. So, yeah, it's, it's bizarre, I suppose, to have a reporter covering this trial and covering descriptions of a plot to kill her. And it's certainly alarming that a gang feels that they need to target journalists because they're uncomfortable uh, about how certain things are being covered. Now, for someone like Kim Bolin, who's, uh, you know, covered the crime beat, covered Sikh extremists in the Lower Mainland as well for many years, uh, sadly, death threats are nothing new. But this was certainly uh, surreal, to say the least. So, joining us to talk more about this is the aforementioned Kim Bolin, veteran crime reporter with the Vancouver Sun, also author of the book, Loss of Faith, How the Air India Bombers Got Away with Murder. Kim, so great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Rob. First of all, for I guess for, for those in the audience who aren't familiar with the UN gang and they're, they're the center of this murder trial, what do we need to know about these guys? Well, they started out here in BC on the outer regions of Vancouver in 1997, but really rose to power you know, in the criminal underworld here in the early 2000s. They were doing a lot of, you know, cross-border drug smuggling and even had some international links to cartels. Uh, They're also very closely aligned with the Calgary gang, the Fresh Off the Boat Killers. And in fact, some members of the FK in Calgary actually became full-fledged members of the UN. All right, so this is a murder trial, right? This is what you've been covering this week or this month? Yes, that's right. Now, this actually occurred earlier in the month, and I understand that, you know, there have been some discussions about whether to share this, this story. I mean, I, I think we need to know whether there's intimidation or threats being directed towards journalism. But I think for you, I get the sense that you're not one to go out of your way to insert yourself into a story. No, that's right. I mean, I have always felt that professionally as a journalist, the stories are not supposed to be about me. Uh, I'm not a columnist. Uh, I'm not really into kind of first-person narrative. You know, I'm a crime reporter. I'm investigating gangs and organized crime. And I want my stories to be uh, what resonate with people, not my own personal experiences. Now, obviously, this gang is aware of you then. Um, You've covered them. But sitting there and hearing about this, I mean, how shocked were you? Well, I had been given a bit of a heads up by police because this fellow, the Crown Witness, who I can only describe as Mr. C, because there's a ban on his name, uh, he had done a deal with police. He was testifying, um, even though he was a former leader of the UN himself. And um, he had given this information to police in a pretrial interview on April 5th. 
So even before he came to the stand and started talking about this, I had been tipped that there'd be some evidence regarding a threat against me, but I didn't have all the details. And I was still surprised at the moment it came up because I didn't know when it would come up at the trial. And, you know, you're kind of sitting there. I've got my laptop out. I'm typing notes furiously. I'm just kind of staring at the screen because it was extremely uncomfortable to be the subject of the evidence that was coming out in court that day. Yeah, no kidding. Now, they they had said that they got your address through a property check, which must seem very unnerving. How, how, How far along was this? How serious was this? Well, it you know, I've had threats before, but I've always kind of felt like those threats were designed to intimidate me and stop me from reporting so that, you know, you don't assume they're going to go anywhere. They're hoping that, you know, the threat in itself is enough to stop me. Uh, and, of course, it hasn't been to date. So this did feel more serious to me. They, you know, got my land title. They sent scouting missions to my neighborhood and, uh, you know, knew where I lived. Uh, now, they did decide not to do anything uh, but while they were still talking about possibly killing me they said they were going to do it during you know this high profile surrey six trial here in bc a few years back because then it would look like the red scorpion gang their rivals were possibly behind it because those were the people on trial in the surrey six case but why would they want to target you I guess they wanted me to stop writing about, uh, you know, the gang problem in BC and particularly details of their own gang. You know, some of what I've done has been, you know, more basic court reporting, covering the cases as they come up, you know, covering the charges that are laid, going to the trials. But I've also tried to dig a little deeper and do some investigations into these people, their assets, and really what they've been up to, uh, you know, both here in Canada, in the United States, and even beyond. I mean, You know, this gang has arranged the murders of its own allies in Argentina. A BC man was uh, killed in Argentina. We now know that they basically set it up from here. Uh, You know, another fellow uh, who was implicated in some of these murders that the gang was involved in, they got nervous he might start cooperating with police. So they arranged for a cartel to kill him in Mexico. So, you know, I, I tried to tell the public what's going on. I think this gang threat has been a pretty serious problem for us in bc for the last 10 to 15 years and you know it's my job to write about it well yeah it is and and the weird thing about it is even if they made it seem as though that this was a rival gang obviously something on this scale that would just cause an immense amount of attention on the gang problem targeting a journalist well i think that's the conclusion they reached and fortunately you know nothing did happen and that's an important point to stress like i've just learned about this information this spring but it's apparently you know, dates back to 2011. That's when they were, you know, sort of talking about doing this. But I guess for me, what is still shocking is just the ease with which these guys are willing to do ridiculous acts of violence. You know, sometimes it's people involved in their gang conflict, but sometimes it's not. I mean, this fellow, Mr. C, he took on a contract to shoot up the houses of people he didn't even know who were linked to the Justice Institute here in BC. And that was a very high profile case. And he'd been given some bogus information that, you know, these targets uh, that uh, were going to have their homes shot up and, you know, arson attacks uh, against them as well, you know, were somehow drug uh, rippers, stealing other people's drugs. In fact, they were completely innocent people, you know, who'd parked in a parking lot and had had their plates searched uh, by, you know, a crazy man who hired this gang to do this. So, You know, they um, have been extremely violent here in B.C. A number of members have, in fact, already pleaded guilty uh, to being part of this big murder conspiracy case. 
Um, and the leader of the gang, Clay Roosh, is serving a 30-year sentence in the United States. So, you know, it's been, um, you know, a, a pretty important part of criminal history going back over the last decade here. You know, as you alluded to earlier, this this isn't the first threat that's been directed at you. You wrote about a threat in 2009. There was a dead rat mailed to you and, and a threat that you'd be killed if you didn't stop your reporting. Of course, the Sikh extremists uh, who targeted and killed Tara Singh Heyer, a Sikh journalist in the 90s, they had you on a death list as well. So you've been through this. I have been through this. And, um, you know, maybe I'm just becoming, you know, too much of an old hard journalist, but it doesn't bother me as much as it used to, I have to say. Um, you know, and so far I've been fine. Uh, you know, I don't like it. Don't get me wrong. I don't think any journalist should be threatened for what they do in this country. You know, we're uh, an important part of, you know, the democratic society to be holding power to account. And, you know, people shouldn't have to deal with threats of violence or actual violence. Uh, you mentioned Tara Hare, who was you know, murdered uh, back in 1998 uh, for writing about the Air India bombing suspects. There's still been no one charged right. in that murder of a journalist here in Canada, which you know personally frustrates me immensely. Well, and I mean, it gets to the issue of freedom of the press, doesn't it? Because, look, if, if a journalist is threatened, I certainly wouldn't blame that journalist for, for backing off and, you know, putting life ab- above all. And, and that's obviously the intent. But at the same time, if, if journalists are, are intimidated from covering issues or covering stories, then, then we're not really serving the public. So how do we balance that? Well, I wish there were more people covering some of the beats and issues that I'm covering right now. And, uh, you know, part of that is we've seen, you know, cuts in local news. Uh, Many journalists have lost their jobs in recent years. But part of it is also that journalists don't want to uh, necessarily be doing this beat because they know they can be harassed. They know they can be threatened. And that's really unfortunate. I wish, um, you know, there were more journalists doing this because I think it would make it harder to target one or two people if, you know, there was a whole bunch of us covering these topics. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why I made the difficult decision to write this piece. And, you know, with the full support of my editors, uh, we thought this was an important issue to bring to the public. And I'm hoping other journalists will join with me and maybe start covering some of these cases, too. Well, maybe they will. I, I think maybe that's that's one of the the ironies here is that this brings more attention to the issue. Maybe now there's more interest in the trial. Maybe now you're going to have more colleagues uh, alongside you covering this. That's certainly a possibility and a hope. All right. Well, more details at VancouverSun.com. Kim, thanks so much for making some time here today. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. There you go. That's Kim Bolin, veteran crime reporter at the Vancouver Sun. Uh, her book, I think it was 2005 and that book came out, Loss of Faith, How the Year India Bombers Got Away with Murder. Not just the attack itself, as she mentioned, targeting and killing a Sikh journalist who was writing about them. They got away with that, too. All right, 403-974-8255 is the way to reach us here today. We've got to take a quick break. Back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.